0: Hello, believers. It's Dr. Shantae, and welcome to another episode of Branding for Believers. Today is a very special episode, as you know, highly anticipated book coming out, Believing Bigger, a 31 day faith journey. And so I wanted to use this episode to share some of the things with you that have not been previously released. Some of them are personal and I just wanted to draw you into this book experience so that you have a better understanding of why I wrote it, what it's designed to do, and how I hope that it will impact your lives. And so one of the number one questions that I have been getting about this book is, is it going to be an audiobook? And you know what's hilarious? <laughs> I'm a podcaster and that thought had not even occurred to me. I was like, um, I, I guess it could be. I really had not given it much thought. So I will tell you what. After this episode, and maybe one more where I will share with you some excerpts from the book, you tell me whether or not it should be an audio book. And so I'm letting you know right here and now up front, if after this episode and sharing an excerpt of the book, you think that it should go to an audio version, tell me, <laughs> let me know. You can email me at Shante at Believing bigger, or you can hit me up on Twitter at Dr. Shante says and let me know whether or not believing bigger a 31-day faith journey should be an audio book. And so I do hope that you will enjoy this excerpt. I hope that it will be a blessing to you. And as always, I invite you to give me your feedback, your thoughts, your comments, your takeaways on any of my social media. So let me start with the introduction of Believing Bigger a 31-day faith journey. As an educator, I was very tempted to take an academic approach to writing this book. After all, I've spent more than a decade being groomed for academia and learning the requisite big words for scholarship. But from the moment I wrote the first sentence, I knew that this would not be that type of book. Believing Bigger is a faith journey, and I knew that I could not lead anyone down a road of faith unless I was willing to walk it myself. While I am not a private person— I tend to be a bit guarded because I have experienced firsthand how destructive people can be with personal information. So here was my test. I had to decide whether I would give others the power to judge me, as I have so many times before, or if I would rest in the peace of God's grace. What I believe bigger than the mistakes I've made in the past and share my life lessons in hopes of preventing others from experiencing the same hurt, headache, and heartbreaks? In praying over this decision, I thought about the Samaritan woman, better known as the woman at the well. In most cases, when people refer to the Samaritan woman, they highlight her sin and linger on her sexual exploits. They never fail to mention the number of husbands she had or the man that she was currently living with. They belabor the fact that she was a woman of ill reputation and that she was likely the target of gossip and ridicule from the townspeople that she voluntarily chose to risk personal injury and discomfort by filling her water pot when the sun would be at its highest, just to avoid the scorn of other women in the community. However, one of the most powerful shifts in her story is what happened after her encounter with Jesus. With great enthusiasm, she ran boldly to the very people she had been avoiding. She courageously approached the ones who had shamed her and said, Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. John four twenty nine. That was her believing bigger moment. She had faced her naysayers. She faced her accusers. She faced herself. Freed from the guilt and the shame of her past, she was liberated to tell others about Jesus because despite everything she ever did, Jesus still extended love, kindness, and the gift of eternal life. For the same reasons, I am able to write this book. While I deeply regret a number of choices in my life, many rooted in a lack of faith, I am far more joyous that despite everything I ever did, Jesus' love is greater than my faults. He believed bigger in me. And because of that, I can share him with you. As you take this journey, my prayer is that you understand what it really means to believe bigger. For some of you, it will require you to believe bigger than your past. Others may have to believe bigger than a struggling marriage, a wayward child, a poor health diagnosis, an unfulfilled dream, the loss of a loved one, or lies from the devil himself. We all have something that keeps us from exercising the kind of faith that moves mountains. And I hope that even if you have to take it more than once, this journey will refresh your spirit, renew your mind, and restore your faith. One last thing. When your transformation begins, when you start to feel the shift from persecution to peace, from heartbroken to healed, and from broke down to breakthrough— I want you to share your testimony. Sometimes when we receive our deliverance from God, we forget that there are so many others who are still bound. Believing bigger is to be shared. Take someone else on this journey. Start a faith circle with your friends or lead a class at your church. Create a special course during vacation Bible school. Conduct a group counseling or mentoring session. There are so many ways to help others believe bigger. I'm counting on you. That is the end of the introduction of Believing Bigger, and I hope that that sets the tone for this book and why I wrote it. I do want to share a chapter with you as I thought about it. What chapter am I going to share in this episode? I decided to share chapter seven titled Haters Gonna Hate. This week, I've been very disappointed about the number of hateful comments from Christians just launched at people that they don't even know, people that they have judged. And it's so disheartening because even though people profess to love the Lord, very few of them have really taken a deep walk through his word. And even though many of them go to church every Sunday, we are so quick to launch insults, labels, judgments, at people who have done nothing to us personally. And here's my take on that. I believe that when you do that to other people, it is because something within you is incomplete or unresolved. And the person that you're attacking triggers that unresolved hurt for you. That person triggers that contempt that you have never gotten resolved from a previous point in your life. And so I will just say this. If you see someone who is famous or someone who's a celebrity or someone who has a lot of love from others and you don't feel that way about that person and you think that this person is receiving undue praise and undue recognition, let God handle it. Talking about that person, tearing that person down is not going to benefit your situation and it's not going to do anything to them. If anything, it makes you, it look insecure it exposes you it exposes the fact that you have unresolved hurt and facebook is not free therapy neither is twitter and I'm not too. I'm not one to sanction uh, free speech, or anything like that. But Facebook is not free therapy. Invest the money and get the real help that you need to resolve the issues and the hurts that you have. Because you are not going to find absolution. You are not going to find sympathy, nor pity, nor resolution by publicly lambasting somebody else for issues that they had nothing to do with and yet you're using them as a target because of what they trigger for you and so take your unresolved hurts to a licensed professional and get those things resolved and in the words of Forrest Gump that's all I'm going to say about that so I hope you enjoy chapter seven haters gonna hate haters gonna hate As the Ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michal, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. 2 Samuel 6.16 In the Disney movie The Lion King, after learning that he would become the next king of Pride Rock, a young Simba excitedly ran to share the news with his uncle Scar. Scar bitter and full of envy managed a very dry i'm happy for you the future that simba described was the very one that scar coveted for himself despite their family ties scar could not move beyond his own selfish motives to feel genuine happiness for his nephew instead narcissism corrupted his thinking and led him into an evil plot Scar proved, like Reverend Kenneth Copeland once preached at my church, that everybody that's in your circle ain't necessarily in your corner. Like Simba's kingship, the calling God intends for your life is often a purpose far exceeding anything you ever imagined. God's plan for you is bigger, more amazing than even a young cub dreaming about becoming a king. But while God has a plan for your life, like Scar, other people have plans for you, too. These plans frequently from family members are usually expressed by passive expectations or direct demands. I have worked with many clients who are frustrated, hurt, even depressed by the lack of support they have received from family and loved ones. These same clients have gone out of their way to be there and provide support for others. But when they began to pursue their God-given passion, they were questioned, criticized, and doubted. You doing what? (laughs) Seriously? At your age? Who does that? King David experienced similar resistance from his own wife. When he brought the Ark of the Lord to Jerusalem, David was so excited that he began to dance. His dance was one of sheer jubilation because the Ark of the Lord represented the presence of God, his holiness and his faithfulness to the people of Israel. So David's dance was a moment of ecstatic praise. Nowadays, we would say he caught the Holy Ghost. As the king danced, his wife Michal watched from the window. She thought David looked like a fool and found it distasteful for a king to act so common. While the kingdom celebrated with David, Mikhail secretly despised him in her heart. David did not meet her expectations of what a king should be, and his actions did not coincide with her understanding of what a king should do. Mikhail had drank a tall glass of Haterade. By the time King David came in to bless his household, his wife was waiting for him at the dough. She mocked him, told him that he humiliated himself in front of the peasants like a common thug. But David stood firm. He made it clear that he danced before the Lord as a symbol of worship and reverence and that he would do it again in a minute. He told her that the very peasant she spoke of actually held him in high regard. David was more respected outside of his home than he was by his own wife, but he was secure in his praise. Just like King David, everyone will not understand your praise, and that's okay. God knows how to handle them. You see, hating on the successes of others has a price tag. In Mikhail's case, God closed her womb. She became barren and did not have any children. This is significant because in biblical times, it was a great honor to be a first wife, especially when that wife bore the first son. Any male children Mikhail would have had would have been the first in line for the kingdom. However, when she despised David's praise, she destroyed any chance of carrying on her lineage. Her scorn for David resulted in a significant loss. Let's be honest. Sometimes we are the hated and sometimes we are the hater. There are times when seeing someone else's blessings make us long for the things we want for ourselves. Before we know it, we start feeling some kind of way. And this is a dangerous place to be. It is a prime position for the enemy to get in your head. The enemy would have you believe that God plays favorites, that others are worthy, but you are not. Don't fall for it. God is not a respecter of persons. We've all done enough dirt to be disqualified from his blessing. So don't block your breakthrough by coveting someone else's. Even if you never express it outwardly, God knows what is in your heart. If you have been guilty of this, pray. Ask God's forgiveness if you have been a victim of it, still pray. Pray that you do not become emotionally wounded and pray for those who are persecuting you. The enemy's job is to make you doubt God's calling over your life, and he will use any means necessary, even those closest to you, to instill fear, guilt, or insecurity. During your faith journey, you will undoubtedly be forced to reckon with haters. The key is remembering that whom God blesses, no man can curse say this prayer. Lord, nothing is hidden from you, not even the things in my heart. Reveal any feelings of jealousy or envy towards others and remove them. Protect me from the emotional daggers of the enemy as you elevate me to do your work. Amen. At the end of every chapter, there is a prayer and there is a call for you to tweet or to post this. So for those of you listening and you are inclined to tweet or to post on your timelines, here is the tweet. God can humble and handle my haters, blessed and unbothered. Hashtag Believing 31. So you tell me. After that introduction and after hearing this excerpt, should Believing Bigger become an audiobook? I hope that it blessed you. I plan to do another one of these, maybe another two before the book comes out. But I do hope that it was a blessing to you. Believing Bigger is a devotional. It's just a, a daily nugget for 31 days for you to do so many things. Deal with difficult people, deal with fear and self-doubt, deal with insecurity, deal with yourself. So often we are so ready to deal with other people and their issues. We need to deal with ourselves. We need to sweep around our own front doors before we go trying to sweep the dust out of somebody else's house. We need to look ourselves in the mirror and confront our own demons. And so I hope that Believing Bigger will help you to do that. I love you. I love you guys to life for listening, for supporting, for tuning in, and for sharing. And I believe with everything that is in me that believing bigger is going to be a success because of you. Because of you, I don't take you guys for granted. I cannot wait for us to take this journey together. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, you guys can hit me up at Dr. Shante says on Instagram on Twitter. I do respond to my emails and to my posts. I love you guys and I'll catch you on the next episode. Bye-bye.